Welcome in, and oh my goodness, what a day. How about them Packers? How about them Packers? It was um, unexpected, I guess might be the best way to put it. When we left the air on Friday, one of the things that we specifically stated was, is it possible? We all said, yeah, it's possible. You know, if I'm going to take some money and uh, throw, you know, 500 bucks uh, on the game, I'm going to put $450, $400 on the Cowboys and another 50 to 100 bucks on the Packers because there's this possibility. The Packers were peaking. They were playing really well at the time. Offensively, they were looking better and better. Aaron Jones looks healthy. Uh, one of the things that we had said coming into the game was that the, the Cowboys don't stop the run very well. You know, one of the things they do is play from ahead and get after the passer. You know, so, you know, just so much of this lent itself to the the Packers, you know, at the very least keeping it close. And, you, and, and, you know, one of the things that we specifically stated was if you get a couple of scores and maybe a turnover and punch the Giant in the face, then all of a sudden they start thinking, here we go again. And damn if that's not exactly what happened. Dak Prescott uh, is taking a lot of grief today, and rightfully so. And it's not because of this specific game. I have said it before. I'll say it again. He plays tight in big moments. He is a front runner. He is a stat patter, just like yesterday. Throwing for 400 yards, and you look at his numbers, and you're like, oh, my God, look at what they gave up. But it was all, as I've heard all morning, it's empty calories. It's like drinking Diet Coke. I mean, there's not much to it. It is what it is. It was stat padding, but when you looked at when they needed him the most, he had thrown at that point in time for under 200 yards, two picks, no touchdowns, and looked terrible. So for everything that he he still you know brings to the table, it, it was it it it's it always will be. Dak Prescott's going to get paid a lot of money to come up short in the postseason. He just always has. He always will. He is not a pressure-packed quarterback against better teams. Just isn't. Or against teams above 500 on the consistent. I think they gave a stat this morning that the uh, the Cowboys with Dak Prescott uh, in his career with teams over 500, they're sub 500. So I I, I just. What a what a game yesterday! And uh, the other, uh, there's two areas that I want to specifically, uh, you know, kind of uh, note. Uh, the obvious is, you know, Jordan Love had a spectacular game. He he just did. But two specific areas: one, a brilliant game plan by Matt Lafleur. We had talked about this team not because the Dallas Cowboys do not handle motion well at all. They haven't all season long. And what the Packers did last night was basically run motion, two tight end sets and such, and kept Mark, Micah Parsons at bay. Air, uh, Jordan Love was untouched. He got hit a couple of times, which, one, I can't believe they didn't throw a flag on, but, you know, you're talking about a, uh, as they would, you know, kind of consider it a an up-and-coming quarterback who has not established himself as a star yet, therefore he's not going to get those calls, which I think is garbage. But huge win, huge win. But the other guy that needs to be recognized here is Aaron Jones. And it's not for running the football. Did you watch Aaron Jones yesterday blocking? Watch him picking up the blitz. Watch him picking up Micah Parsons. Oh, my goodness. If there are things that go down in stat lines and you go, wow, 
And then there are things that you look at and you just got to watch because nobody, unless it's written in ink, is going to read about it or look at it or say, good job. Yesterday, he was amazing. Micah Parsons, two or three times, was one-on-one on the outside. And as he came off of kind of a chip block of the tight end, there was Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones was the only thing between Jordan Love and Micah Parsons and Jordan Love going to the turf, and Aaron Jones held up every damn time. Every damn time. It, it, it was just, it was an amazing game. It was an amazing game. And you uh, you enjoy today, you enjoy yesterday, uh, tomorrow, uh, you know, they uh, get back at it, and then they start facing an opponent that's entirely different. An entirely different opponent. But this game playing with nothing to lose, playing with house money, so to speak, looking at it as let's go in and punch the bully in the face. That's exactly what they did. Welcome to the program on this Monday, this Green and Gold Monday. I, the one thing on a Green and Gold Monday, we never talk about anything else, but you got to at least mention the fact that Dame Time came up big with a big bucket from about 35, 38 feet away last night. Drained, uh, drained a three, and the Bucks ended up winning a game, and Dame Time actually uh, you know, got a little bit of pub. So good stuff for the Milwaukee Bucks, but I, and we do want to mention that, but man, oh man, what a day yesterday. The day was owned by the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Jones, whether it was running the football, running hard, taking the hits, or picking up the blitz, yesterday was a spectacular game. If I'm going to give a game ball to anybody, I'm giving it to Aaron Jones. I'm giving it to Aaron Jones. I know Jordan Love deserves it, and many of you have pointed that out. I get it. But what Aaron Jones did yesterday, again, another game over 100 yards, and then not just running for over 100 yards, but also in doing so, being able to be a fortification for Jordan Love. It, it was just a, a thing of beauty. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. You want to hit us up? Do it at Bill underscore Michaels, at Bill underscore Michaels on X. If you want to find us there, at Wisco Grant, at Wisco Grant. Uh, also, the Instagram page, simply The Bill Michaels Show. Did a lot of stuff over there yesterday. Uh, when we were down at Nice Ash Cigar Bar, every time the Packers score, they pour shots, and the whole bar gets into it, and I posted a lot of that stuff yesterday. So if you haven't seen it, uh, you can check that out. We had a great uh, – it was funny because about tw- – the, the doors opened at 12. I got set up by about 1, one thirty, and there was maybe two, three people in the whole place. By the time the game got underway, it was packed, jam-packed. And uh, it was it was a great time last night. And then, you know, when the game ended, it kind of cleared out a little bit, but – jam-packed last night had a great time down there and uh we we did support some businesses we ended up getting some jimmy's grotto on the way home i know some people brought some food in from uh, around the area but also ricky and joette the owners of nice ash uh they had food uh, that they made they made big giant sub sandwiches and potato salad and coleslaw and they brought in chips and bags and all kinds of stuff and they just put on a whole spread for everybody and said hey look we'll just make it all free if you want it and they had fantastic food down there last night. So kudos to them for throwing one hell of a party. We are currently in the works to uh, think about where we want to go next. Uh, We got some options, so stay tuned uh, as to whether or not we're going to be out on the road with another watch party because we had a lot of success doing it. We had a lot of fun doing it. You can also find us over on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash Show. Uh, YouTube, pay attention on YouTube. You can watch the program each and every day. Go to youtube.com slash Bill Michaels show, youtube.com slash Bill Michaels show. 
We're on Twitch TV, on Kick TV, on LinkedIn TV. You can find the link over on X as well. Uh, you can also email the program, thebillmichaels at gmail.com. That's thebillmichaels at gmail.com. You can find us on the app, W-O-Z-N, The Zone Madison, The Zone Madison, and listen to us after the fact on Spotify, Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts as well. Did the car start okay, Grant? <laughs> Barely, but yes, that was that was my one thing that needed to go right today. As long as the car starts, everything else is gravy. Yes, I, right. I got in okay today. Good, good. Uh, I know you, you texted me and said, well, as long as it starts, I'll be there. And I was kind of like, I didn't hear that you weren't, so I wanted to make sure you were, so... Okay. Uh, good stuff there. Uh, I was without power this weekend on, uh, wh- whenever the, whatever day the storm was, was it Friday night it hit, um, at about, we decided not to go out. We thought, ah, hey, you know what? We'll do all our running around and such, uh, the next day. And there was a mix up with my plow company, which I'm not happy about. And they did not come to my driveway. And so the, the snow was deep and I thought, no big deal. I'll uh, fire up the fire up the snowblower and I'll get it done. And the snowblower didn't start. Uh, Friday night at about nine 15 ish, the power went out. Uh, one of my tree, I got a tree that's back by my shed. It snapped in half, took the wires down. And so we were without, without power and it did not come. It got to the point where we ended up going to a hotel. Uh, we just couldn't stay here anymore. And this is, this was the scenario of events. So I tried to, the snowblower wouldn't start. I couldn't use the electric start, so I just thought, and Kristen's car is a little bit higher than mine. She's got a big Lincoln Aviator, and I, I've got the Genesis, and mine wasn't going wasn't to get out in this snow. So I tried to back hers out. My mistake was trying to turn the car around in my driveway, and I got that stuck. So now the car is stuck in the driveway, and it's stuck because the snow kept building up underneath it that it actually lifted the tires off the ground. So now the car is stuck. I can't get out. The snowplow service did not come. They're, as a matter of fact, they're here this morning now. They're just getting here today. Uh, so I didn't know what to do. And we're stuck in a house, and we didn't really have a ton of food because I didn't grocery shop last week. And so we were like, oh, boy, what are we going to do? You know, we could always call like an Uber, but what are you going to do? So we ended up getting, I used some of my points, and we got went to the Hilton up the street. And we got in there, and we finally, uh, Dan Della, thank God for Dan Della uh, from uh, the uh, social house. Uh, I put it out there, and Dan said, you know what, I got to plow. I do the uh, driveway at the bar all the time, so I'll just swing by. And he plowed a space for us to get out. And then we got out and dug the car out and had to put boards under the tires and such. And we finally got the car out of the driveway, and then we could get off and running and everything. So we ended up staying in the hotel. And then on Saturday night at about, I guess about 10 o'clock, finally, we got the notification of power came back on in the house. And so we were able to at least, you know, come home yesterday. So we got the driveway plowed finally. We got the chance to come home. Uh, The power in the house was out. So I thought, well, I'll fire up the generator. The generator wouldn't start. I I mean, it just, it was a calamity of crap that happened Uh, until we got down to nice ash yesterday. And then obviously the game was fantastic and we had a, we had a fun time, but Man, what a what a crazy weekend! What a crazy weekend of weather! What a crazy week! Because I don't know if anybody predicted eighteen to twenty inches of snow. Not that I know of. Well, I did. That's about what I got. I didn't have to go anywhere on Saturday, but Saturday morning, I'm like, well, I'm going to go shovel out my car in the parking lot because all the snow's going to freeze, right? And then it's going to be extra. So I'm I'm shoveling off the space around my car, and on Saturday morning, there were two other people in my apartment building who couldn't get their cars out. They're trying to get to work, and I. Yeah. 
I am sympathetic. Don't be wrong, because the, the plow didn't come until later in the day. But Bill, I swear, some people in my generation, I love my generation. I do. But they're down there. They got no boots, no hat, no gloves, no shovel. Yep. And they're like, how do I get my car? Where's the plow? It's like, you had to be down here an hour ago with a shovel. You know what I mean? Like, why yeah. am I the only one that lives here that owns a shovel? So the right. parking lot at my apartment building was... It was a bit of a calamity this weekend, Bill, and it's not a good look for my generation. We're not a uh, we're not very prepared. <laughs> I'll I'll wear that as a member of the generation. It's we're not always the best with that. We ended up going out to dinner on Saturday night, and uh, there was a girl that had come in and sat down at the bar next to us, and she was younger and very much TikToking, and she was dressed like she was going clubbing in New York in the middle of July. And but she was one of those people that talk up. And if you know what I'm talking about, she's like, I can't believe it's this cold. And then and that's the way she talked. And she was doing her TikToks and then went outside and she's wearing four inch heels and a dress and midriff open and the whole thing, which is fine. It's it's you know, it's a great look, don't get me wrong. But and then down she went. I can't believe I fell. Is there somebody that's gonna pay for this? I ruined my dress. And it's just like, just shut up. You, you're you're embarrassing yourself, and she wanted like somebody to come out and give her you know fifty bucks to get her dress clean, <laughs> because it's snowing like it's the end of the world. It's icy. You can't even begin to get all the snow up. People are throwing salt down like crazy, and it was you know like uh, adequate. You're not going to get those claims anymore. And she was look coming back in and yelling at the manager. I want fifty dollars to get my dress cleaned, and uh, she's TikToking. I'm, you're on film. You're on video. It's just like just shut up. But there's those people that are out there. So I guess uh, natural selection I, I eventually hopefully takes care of all that goofiness. Yes. In the meantime, Packers get a win, huge win. And this this is – I where does this one rank? Where does this win rank? It wasn't completely unexpected. This isn't like the, – the way the Packers did it and just whooping Dallas's ass, that was shocking. But getting a win, it wasn't overwhelmingly shocking because we had said there's ways that they could do this. And if you just hang around until the very end, maybe you could pull off a victory. Now, we didn't see Jair basically running the route and coming up with an interception. We didn't see Darnell Savage with a pick six. We didn't see all of that. But the way they did, they just beat their ass. I mean, in every facet. And they were winning in the trenches. It was just, it, it was an amazing performance. So where does this one rank? In all of these uh, tremendous Packers victories over the years, this one, I don't know if it's surprising, shocking, or what, but for the Packers to walk away to win, man, with the way the win went uh, like that, that was that was amazing. 877-867-1670. Hit us up. we got a lot on a green and gold Monday. Stay right where you're at. Eric Branchek coming up the bottom of the hour. Mike Clem is joining us at the end of the show today from down in Dallas. we got a lot to go. We'll be back right after. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back. Good to have you. The Bill Michaels Show on a Green and Gold Monday. Packers get a win. They just dominate. 
dominated in every facet. The uh, the Dallas Cowboys, yes, down the stretch, it got a little dicey. There was a little bit of nerves, and rightfully so. Maybe the Packers took their foot off the gas a little too early. Matt LaFleur even said so in the postgame presser. However, however, the frustration runs rampant. I mean, uh, we'll hear from Jerry Jones. We'll hear from Mike McCarthy. We'll hear from Dak Prescott. All of that. Mike, McCle- or Mike Clemens was all over it last night, working late. But this was Emmett Smith right after the game. Take a listen to what Emmett Smith had to say. I really don't need to tell you all how sad I am for what I saw at the football stadium today, the Cowboys. It was unbelievable to watch a team that played so well throughout the season get dismantled and manhandled the way that we did today. Kudos to the Green Bay Packers because they played flawless all the way up to the point where the ball hit the goalpost and they didn't make the extra point. But for me and my Cowboys, though, I mean, our defense, I guess they left their mental in Frisco, Texas versus bringing it to Arlington today. I guess they left the intensity in the old school Valor Ranch place because that didn't transfer neither. And offensively, as much as I love Dak Prescott, but the mistakes that we made offensively was just, it was absolutely atrocious. There you go. That's from Emmett Smith after the ball game. Uh, another side note, and we'll hear from Mike at the end of the program, but Mike was telling me the, uh, the radio broadcasters for the Dallas Cowboys were upset early in the ball game because the talk coming into that game all week was not about the Green Bay Packers, was, but it was more so about what the Cowboys were going to need to do once they faced off against the 49ers. It was all about the 49ers. It was as if the Green Bay Packers were merely showing up to get a paycheck so they could take an ass kicking and leave. And the broadcasters were saying all week they felt bad, all week they, the, the focus was not on Green Bay and what Green Bay brings to the table. Like everybody down there overlooked Green Bay. Everybody assumed just check it off as a win. The Packers are the youngest team. The Packers are inexperienced. Matt LaFleur is not a good head coach. Joe Barry's defense stinks. All the things the, the Cowboys do well, the Packers don't. Check it off and get ready for uh, San Francisco and gearing up for that team eventually and how they're going to win an NFC Championship game with the San Francisco 49ers. That's all they were talking about. And then they came in and got, that's what I said, you punch the bully in the face, they weren't expecting that at all, and they did not react very well, and that's exactly what happened. Let's go to Derek, listening to us in Albany. Derek, welcome to the program, man. What's happening? Hey, Bill. As always, we enjoy the stories of the, the various maladies that you go through, man. What a yeah. craptastic series of that events. That was the weekend. Oh, my God. Man, it's like you almost look around and go, am I on candid camera here? <laughs> right. Yeah. I, hey. when, when I Here's one thing I'll tell you real quick. I actually plugged in my snowblower to my house and could not figure why the electric start didn't work on Saturday. <laughs> it's because I didn't have electric running to my house. I, I And I sat there, and I'm like, this, this, and I'm like screaming outside, like, this thing sucks. This is a piece of blank, you know. And then I went, oh, crap. And I, I'm, now I'm looking around hoping nobody's looking at me because I'm an idiot. 
Oh God! You know, at one one, you know, the reason people people say, well, where did this moniker of the Dallas Cowboys being America's team come from? Well, I, you may remember, I'm very much an NFL story, and I've been NFL films and all the stuff Steve Sable and and you know the Sables mm-hmm. did, and where it came from actually clinically was a editor that worked with NFL films who did a film, and he just called it America's team. And it blossomed from there. But it, that's organically how, where it came from. And to me, hey, come on, the Packers should be America's team. We're the smallest community in America. We're the professional sports team. And, and that's real magic to me. There are so many fair-weather Cowboy fans in this country. And, and where I live, you know, i got Giants and Jets and Patriots fans. But there's so many freaking fair-weather Cowboy fans. That, you know, they'll tell me, oh, I'll say, how long have you been a, a Cowboy fan? Oh, like 50 years, man. I'll say, really? What was Robert Newhouse's number? What was Craig Morton's number? <laughs> yeah, I really, I can tear people up with stuff like that because people say, well, you're a real nerd about it. I said, look, I'm watching the game. I remember the numbers. And here's what I said to Grant. I said, this game is top five in Packer history. Now, that's saying a lot with the history we have. Right. It's not in the top two or three. But I think it's four or five in the whole scheme of things because no one expected it. We weren't getting respect. We're a young team coming from nowhere. Jordan Love, man, I'll tell you, he seems like a Bart Starr kind of kid. I really like him a lot. I think the Packers have hit a, a, a grand slam with him. I don't think you're going to have a problem with him having an ego, ego situation. I just think that this team is playing for each other. The offensive line is playing for him. It's a wonderful feeling, man. I haven't had this good a feeling in quite some time. You know the 2010 season when we had all those injuries and we made a run? Bill, I said to my girlfriend at the time, I said, look, I just want to win one game. And we beat the Eagles, and I said, hey, we can do this. And that's the way Packer fans should be now. That was not a mirage. That was the real deal. We can do this. I uh, appreciate the phone call, Derek. I look at this game in in Packer lore, uh, one of the top ten. I don't know top five, but top ten. Um, I mean, you obviously have, you know, Brett Favre spinning into the end zone for the first time in a long time to put this team, this franchise, back into the postseason. You look at the championships in Super Bowl one, and the fact that the Packers won that contest. Uh, you can go back and further in history, obviously. You can look at maybe even beating Carolina, you know, when the Packers finally beat Carolina to find themselves in the postseason or to find themselves in a Super Bowl to get, you know, to bring the title back to Titletown. Uh, you can look at the ice bowl. You can look at certain games in history. But this one, because of the unexpected, you can look at this one and go, wow, this, this, when, when you kind of scrap a portion of your franchise to start over and say, well, we're going to go through our growing pains and such. And, and I agree with you. Look, Jordan Love looked unflappable in that game. And for all the things that I had said about Jordan Love coming into the season and some of the shortcomings compared to Favre, compared to Rodgers, he has overcome with calm, cool, and collected. There's something to be said for that, and I give him all the credit in the world. Um, you know, now, you know, you're going to be looking over the fence to come next year. You don't want to, you know, start doing that yet, but you're going to look over the fence to next year, and you're going to say, okay – can you now back that up? Because if you do, then you have solidified yourself as beyond the guy in Green Bay. But kudos to Gutekunst. Kudos to Brian Gutekunst. Kudos to to Jordan Love. The development from Tom Clements to, to Jordan Love and 
and all that they did because, uh, boy, I tell you, I never, ever did I expect to be sitting here on this particular day talking about the Packers going to the divisional round of the playoffs. Let's go to Al listening to us in Philadelphia. Al, welcome to the program, man. How you doing today? I'm great, man. How you doing, Bill? Doing good. Okay, um, so yesterday I called. I was just caught up in the moment, man. Um, I, I had something to say, but didn't really, uh, I guess, digest the win. Yeah. But um, after, like, you know, 24 hours later, it's just even that. Um, it's just, first of all, like you said, man, you got to definitely give good his props. And, um, you know, because he caught so much slack all year. People wanted him fired. People wanted this. They questioned and love, so on and so forth. And this dude just stands pat. And, and, and has the talent, you know what I'm saying, time and right. time again. I mean, of course you're going to have your misses with, uh, with certain picks or whatever, but he with this quarterback thing, I mean, he, he did, they really got it down. So for him to go ahead and make the, uh, you know, to, uh, I guess uh, go up in the draft and get love, which was so questionable back then when it happened, and yeah, it may have rubbed our previous, I mean, previous quarterback in the wrong way, but it was the right thing to do, just like it was before. Where Juan Wolf or whoever it was, oh my bad, it was Ted Thompson who got, yeah. uh, you know, with Aaron Rodgers. So, right. uh, you know, and then before that with Ron Wolf with Brett Favre. So right. I say all that to say these guys, let these guys do their job instead of sitting up here complaining about when things don't go our way and being a crybaby about stuff. Because at the end of the day, they're the experts and we're the fans. And that's why they're where they are. And that's why we're where we are. But um, yeah. I mean, and so. So I'm just going to leave that at that. But also, um, as far as ranking his games, like, so I'm in Philadelphia, and everybody is so happy for us because they beat the Dallas Cowboys. But at the end of the day, I don't really feel like any pressure or anything because I feel like we really own them. It's like a psychological thing with them, with us. Right. And it's so good to be on this side of it because, you know, being a Packer fan, we've been on the wrong side of so many games. Games similar to yesterday on the reverse of, the, like, how they lost. I mean, the game in Seattle, the game when next, I mean, in 2011, when we were um, in the divisional round, we had the best record in the 15-1 and so on and so forth and lose to the Giants. Or, you know, the NFC Championship game with Brett Favre when we lost to the Giants. I could go on and on and on about games that had me feeling probably how a Cowboys fan feel now. But it just feels so good to be on the other side of the coin and and dishing out the, uh, you know, the not punishment, but, winning the way in the fashion that we did. Even going back to when Reggie White and them played, we lost in the NFC Championship game when they had Troy Eggman. They used to cheat and do all that crazy stuff. But I'm just, you know, happy that we're playing with house money. Um, I mean, I'm going to be a realist. I mean, listen, it sounds good to say we're the team, we this, that, and the third, but we're playing against a whole different team next week. That's the game that we want. Now, we get next week and we go in there and we go in there at Game Busters and we're able to come out of there with a win. Man, listen, I don't even know what I would do with my – that would be my Super Bowl, I think. Because, yeah. I mean, Dave, the 49ers have dominated us for the longest. Ever since Terrell almost caught that pass across the middle and got hit by Darren Sharper, it seemed like. So, I say all that to say, I'm really looking forward to next week. I love the maturation of our team. I'm not going to sit up here and have Super Bowl admiration. I mean, that doesn't even make any sense because considering we weren't even expecting us to be in the predicament that we're in. But yeah. I'm just – I'm just going for the ride, man, and I love it, man. Thank you for having yep. me, and thanks for the show, man. Oh, yeah, good, uh, good job showing, telling that story about you earlier, man. I'm sorry I had to go through what you had to go through. <laughs> it's just a day in a life, man. It's <laughs> just a day right, in a life. Appreciate I, it, man. 
Talk to you soon, Al. There you go. Al in Philadelphia, longtime Packers fan. He's been uh, he's been calling the program man through almost three networks now. So L's been there a long, long time. Uh, let's do this. We got Eric Branchek of the Green Bay Press Gazette coming up. I want to get to Eric because uh, I want to get his take on all of this. But what a game yesterday. What a game. Hey, by the way, thanks to our friends at the Nice Ash, Joette and Ricky, as I had mentioned, uh, 323 West Main Street, downtown Waukesha. Man, they had put on a spread yesterday. It was a great time yesterday. Rob and John and Dan, the bartenders, were kicking ass. And it, it was just so much. What a what a fun time to kind of just be a fan. Now, I'm working, obviously, but still had a chance to enjoy it. No, didn't imbibe, didn't imbibe, and didn't even have a cigar. But uh, it was absolutely awesome. The atmosphere there le- yesterday was just spectacular. 323 West Main Street, downtown Waukesha. Eric Branchek up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back to the program. Bill Michaels show. What a day yesterday. Packers get a win in dominating fashion. They knock off the Dallas Cowboys and do what many thought not possible. And humiliated Mike McCarthy's crew in AT&T Stadium. We bring him in now, Eric Branchak of the Green Bay Press-Gazette. Also, the uh, After Further Review podcast with him and Pete Doherty joining us on the hotline. Eric, uh, I've got to admit, man, I, I thought they had a shot. I just didn't see that coming. Well, I tell you what, I uh, uh, thanks for having me on. I, I'm kind of speechless too because I I watched a bunch of the game uh, of, of Dallas playing over the weekend, and Sunday it kind of dawned on me Sunday morning that you know what there were some chinks in their armor on defense, and um, if the Packers were able to just slow down the offense, I thought, you know what, they can win maybe a short, you know, a really tight ball game. They can come out and win. Um, Cause what, 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 what really showed up when you watched enough of the, of the Dallas is that their linebackers aren't real big and they're not really physical. Um, so they like to over pursue. So, and one of the things that is uh, that the, the Packers have had a ton of success, especially with, uh, Aaron Jones is they get they start running zone right so let's just say they're running a zone right the backside um, offensive line does a really nice job of continuing on their zone and then they pull the tight end to pick up the end man on the line of scrimmage which a lot of times is Michael Parsons and they did it perfectly because Parsons likes to come upfield and they run into him with the tight end and then Aaron Jones starts right and as soon as that linebacker takes one step too far then he cuts it back left behind him. And that's when I was watching the games that they lost uh, over the weekend, that's what stuck out. And I was like, wait a minute. You, and you saw it happen right off the, right off the get go that they were able to do that and get that defense going one way and cut it back the other way against the grain and pick up some, yeah. some yardage. And that was going to be enough. The uh, what I thought was interesting coming into the game. And I said, look, they don't handle the run very well. And they don't do a lot of motion well. And I heard that via Dan Orlovsky. I, I was watching Good Morning Football, and they were talking about it analytically, about how they don't make a lot of adjustments. They just like to pin their ears back and come after 
the the quarterback via Micah Parsons, and I thought, boy, the, how are they going to do this with two tight end sets and motion and such? I gave a lot of credit to Aaron Jones. If they, if you watch closely, Aaron Jones numerous times yesterday after a quick chip block via the tight end had Micah Parsons one on one and did a fantastic job at keeping him off of Jordan Love yesterday. I, I, I Aaron Jones. To me, if I'm going to give a game ball out, it might be to Aaron Jones. All of them go to him. You know, I. You know, going into the season and even the first part of the season, you're thinking, man, you know, 33, he's got a big ticket next year. They're going to have to cut him with some pretty big checks. And, you know, maybe he's not worth it. He's hitting the wall. He's, you know, maybe he's at that point where he's injured. But I tell you what, the last four weeks, it has been something pretty special that he has done. And when you look back traditionally at the way when the Packers have been successful, okay, you go back to the far very like Dorsey Levens go back to, to Rodgers, um, they had a running back that at the end of the season got hot. And, and you see uh, uh, Aaron Jones get hot, not only running the ball, but what you had pointed out too, was picking up Micah Parsons coming off the edge and picking up uh, blitzing backers. And, you know, you look at him and he doesn't look like that's the type of guy that's going to come and stone a, uh, an outside linebacker, but he does a real nice job. And, um, you know, the, the big one of the biggest plays in the game was a 39-yard um pass down to Dobbs if, if if Aaron Jones doesn't pick up Parsons that's a sack you know so it's a, it was a you know a lot of great things that he brings to the ball game uh, besides what he can do with the ball in his hands and if you look at it when they brought in um, other running backs especially Manuel um, you know you can see the difference in the in the type of running back especially when you're asking him to bounce out there were times where the where the uh, the the plays were bounced out. He could have, you know, with 33 was carrying the ball, he could have took a step and bounced out. It's a big gain. Instead, it's a two-yard gain because that quickness and explosion, they don't have another guy on, uh, in their backfield that can do that. Right. No, I, I agree. Now, the other game plan aspect of this was all the motion. Uh, it wasn't always multiple guys moving. It was one guy left to right. Christian Watson was used in motion quite a bit yesterday. But regardless, it was dictatorial to the defense, to what they could see, to how they were going to play it. A lot of motion yesterday. I, I counted at one point the the second drive. I think they used motion on almost every play but one. Yeah, that's been that indicative of what they've been doing a lot this season. It does a couple of things. It tells you know it tells the quarterback if they're going to be in zone or if they're going to be in man. And sometimes the way the Cowboys were playing it was was they'd still be in man. But yet, they wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't typewriter anyone across. Well, that gives you opportunities to get really good matchups that you want to have, um, and, and gets their safeties. And, and one of the things that, you know, the, they they've played a lot of eight man boxes against the Packers, and, and it, it looked a little bit different because they had their down four, and they had the two inside backers, and then two outside backers, or a safety and an outside backer, um, lined up like a like a, in a triangle to the tight end, and what what that did was create some running lanes and also it helped them in the vertical passing game because now those guys got to turn tail and run and that was really that was really difficult so yeah they did a nice job uh with the play selection but it, it really comes down to uh that offensive line i mean i'm telling you that offensive line played fabulous coming into the, all you were thinking was going to be sack 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 and, and they kept him pretty much upright the entire game yeah early on in the ball game a rasheed walker uh, kind of uh, he struggled a little bit, and then all of a sudden just kind of got it. Uh, I know there was a little bit of pressure on Jordan Love a couple of times, and obviously there was a holding penalty because of it. 
But it, it, I thought it was going to be a long day at the office, and instead it turned out to be just uh, just absolutely the opposite because I, I thought that uh, he ended up really kind of focusing and kind of you know getting in, so to speak. But Demarcus Lawrence was starting to become a, a little bit of a disruptor, and then all of a sudden you never heard his name the rest of the game. No, they see what they they came out and, and deployed primarily uh, the, the Cowboys. I'm saying is uh, on defenses they played like an overlook. They, they, they everything was over to the tight end side, so they had a, a one, three, and a five, and then the other guy stuck over in a three or even in a four um, a, away from the tight end if the tight end went in motion, and then they had the outside backer come up. So it looked like a lot like a, they played it like a five, but it you know it was their normal base four three. Um, but the the problem with that was is it gave them angles and and Demarcus Lawrence was always crashing D gap and it gave those guys gave them angles and 63 finally you know was able to to figure it out and they just they just washed him down the line of scrimmage many many times and that's where that cutback came in so good. Uh, I wanted to ask you about Dan Quinn and the insistence on using six, six defensive backs when you're getting gashed in the run up front. I, 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 that I did not understand. He did it a lot, and they weren't putting big bodies up front to really stop the run. And I, Was it just that they just felt that their guys were suddenly going to become run stuffers, something they hadn't done all season long? I didn't understand why Dan Quinn would not adjust. Well, that's the thing. is They, they would put eight guys in the box, but two of them were D-backs. You know, so that right. was kind of scary um, at, up at you know at first, and I was like, huh, I wonder wonder what, how this is going to go. But I think I think they just thought they could outquick them and just you know kind of get the, get behind them and get underneath them. And and quite honestly, if you have you know kind of the uh, uh, the cutback running back, you want to have a fast guy that can go in there and, and, and kind of be there. But the problem was those guys just over pursued so terribly, and then you, then you had the offensive linemen out there leaning. You know, how many times did you see sixty three or fifty? seven, eight yards downfield just leaning on a D-back. I mean, that was that was pretty – pretty not a very good matchup for the Cowboys there. And, and that really, that defense is set up for the for the uh, offense to, to go and score a bunch of points, and then you have your defense out there, and we're going to pin our ears back and sack the heck out of you. So, you know, it really – you know, getting that first series and getting that score out of the way really made a big difference in, in how the defense was able to be able to be utilized and, and, and really take advantage of their weaknesses. If there's a downside to this, uh, I, I still do not understand Anders Carlson not being able to put a ball into the end zone. I don't understand the consistency when it comes to hitting a PAT and not having us hold our breath. Uh, I've never been in favor of drafting kickers. I never will be. But this is this is becoming pretty constant, man. I tell you what, I still have a hard time with kickers. I don't think they should wear pads. And I think they should inside the single crossbar because, you know, they're not even football players. Just go out there and play soccer. But the reality is, is you know, at this point in the season, you get what you get. And you got to you gotta hang tight and bring in some guys in the, in the, in the offseason to try and, uh, and push them a little bit. But, yeah, I don't know what they really like with him. Uh, um, you know, the, the, the extra point is, that, you know, I mean, that's, that's got to be automatic, and, and with him, it's you're right. You got to hold your breath and and close one eye and make sure you you know hopefully he gets it through. But you know, I, I I don't know. I think at this point in the season, there's not a whole lot you can do. Yeah, no doubt. Get home safe, man. I know you're at the airport, and uh, you and I will talk again next week after uh, what should be a fantastic game coming up on Saturday night. Cross your fingers and knock on wood, man. Oh, and hey, doesn't this doesn't this kind of remind you of 2010? You know, they got to go on. It the does road on a little bit. Games. 
Yeah, it's they got hot at the right time, and the next thing you know, they went off on a run. So I, but I, I'm not I, God, I don't, I don't dare to dream. I don't dare to dream. I know, but I, you, know, you can't count them out. You can't because the way if they can continue to run the football and and, and just try to, to to find spots where you can throw the ball when it's available. And heck, that quarterback's pretty dang hot right now. I mean, holy smokes! But right. I, I'm not counting them out against the Niners. I think they got a they got a good chance of anybody. Yep, I, I don't doubt it. I mean, they've got enough guys that are no-name weapons that can get the job done. Appreciate it, Eric. Yep, you be good. Have a great week. All right, buddy. Talk to you soon. There you go, Eric Branchek of the Green Bay Press-Gazette joining us for a couple of minutes. And I got some things I want to get into off of the uh, the live stream. A lot of chatter going on in the live stream today. So many of you paying attention to the program, watching today. Big day. It's a victory Monday. Uh, but more so Green and Gold Monday. Packers get a big win down in Dallas, so we're going to talk more about it. But some things that uh, came up on the live stream, I want to go over. So we're going to talk about a few of these things when we come back. Stay tuned. This portion of the program, I raise one. Big point brewing, big lager, the traditional. Raise one because the Packers got themselves a win. Nice job. And point brewing says celebrate, but celebrate responsibly. Brewing excellence since 1857, right here in our own backyard, Stevens Point, Wisconsin. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. They now are doing brunch on the weekends. Yeah, big buffet brunch over at Steel Tank Brewing. So uh, they have the music at night, brunch during the day, great food. If you follow them over on uh, Facebook or Instagram or what have you, I mean, uh, they, they're doing everything over there now. That was their, uh, I think, the second week that they've, they've done brunch, and the pictures are amazing. I have not been there, but the pictures are amazing. Go to Steel Tank Brewing. Steel Tank Brewing on Roebrook Lane in Oconomowoc, right behind the Exonia Bank off of 67. They are open Tuesday through Sunday. They're open for lunch. Rally Point. The um, the uh, terrific music venue has been a huge success. I know they didn't really do much with it this weekend, only for the fact that it was so cold and the snow was so heavy. But they'll be back at it again this coming weekend. But check out Rally Point over at Steel Tank Brewing as well. And now on the weekends, they do brunch. So check out our friends at Steel Tank Brewing Company. They are veteran-owned, locally-owned, small business, but... Man, they're getting big, getting good stuff going on over there at Steel Tank Brewing Company. So I, I wanted to get back to this um, because there's a couple of different things um, that I wanted to talk about. This one was uh, a question that said, hey, Bill, do you believe that this offensive staff, meaning the, the wideouts, could be as good as what they had going back to 2008, 2009, and 2010? I don't know. It, it, this is what would make it dependent is if Christian Watson steps up and gets healthy and stays healthy. If he becomes the Greg Jennings of that group, then yes. Between Romeo Dobbs, Dontavian Wicks, Jaden Reed, uh, the, the two tight ends that you have, yes. Because then you have pass catchers everywhere. And somebody will beat somebody. So do I believe it could come to that? I don't that that's huge, huge shoes. When you talk about Greg and Jordy and Donald and James, I mean you start going through that list of wideouts they had. That's tough, man. That that's tough to be that good. 
But could they? Sure they could. But it would all, to me, hinge on that speed of being able to blow the lid off of Christian Watson and, and him becoming a legit, viable wideout with that speed. Because otherwise they don't have that level of speed in a receiver. But if, if he could, then then yes. Then yes. Which is why I would not shy away if you found yourself a top-notch wideout again this year. I would not shy away from it. I, the more weapons, the better. We've seen this. We've been there. We've done that. So, but yeah, it, it, it could. Bo Melton's another one. So it could end up like that, but I, I'm going to slow my roll on it at this point. Not saying it can't, but just kind of enjoy what you got. Or maybe it'll be, maybe it could end up being better. Just better route runners. Who knows? We still got a lot more to go, including the impending question that everybody this morning is asking. I'll tell you what it is when we come back. Got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show on a Green and Gold Monday. Stay right where you're at.